Hi, and welcome to The Gene Space, where I talk about music, life in an autistic household, writing, rabbit holes, and other random stuff. I'm so glad you're listening today. So, do you ever feel that some months or times of the year are more likely to spark some memories of older times? Fall and September always remind me of school. And April is a kind of forward and backward month for me, with the spring bit urging me outside to make new memories, and the Easter holiday putting memories into my head about Easter baskets and chocolate rabbits and toys and how much is enough. One of those things that I'm constantly trying to learn. (laughs) Enjoy the show. little green buds are out. There was nary a one on March 31st that I could see, but they were adorning every branch of our garden cherry tree on April 1st. Happy and restless, I contrived an errand, paper towels, always need them, and headed for CVS. Now, paper goods and other cleaning products are stashed in a dull aisle at the end of the store. So on the way, I detoured to the seasonal aisle. CVS's definition of seasonal is always colorful and multifaceted. This week, seed packets, bug spray, garden stakes, novelty umbrellas, and the occasional garden gnome jostled for shelf space with Easter baskets, stuffed toys, egg coloring kits, and oh, the candy. The paper towels slipped from my mind. A basket, some fake grass, jelly beans, neon pastel plastic eggs, a big chocolate rabbit, and a little stuffed rabbit. I could assemble it into an Easter gift for Sonny. I did something like that most years when he was a kid. I pushed away the thought that Sonny is 23 years old and doesn't even like jelly beans, as well as that we already had a package of Peeps and a couple of Cadbury eggs in the pantry. A woman with a little girl in tow expelled an impatient breath. She had her eye on a cellophane-wrapped extravaganza on the shelf above my head. I socially distanced to the appropriate six feet, which took me outside the aisle. That broke the spell. As I loaded the paper towels into the car, I admitted that the person who wants the pretty basket with candy and a stuffed bunny sitting in plastic grass is me. Mostly, I want the toy. I had a bit of a stuffed animal habit as a kid, a pair of teddy bears, three dogs, a monkey, a red horse, and yes, an Easter bunny lived on my bunk bed. My favorite, placed at the center of the bunch, was a lion with a huge, scratchy mane. Whenever we went to a toy store, I scanned the dollhouse stuff and then lingered at the plush creature's displays until it was time to leave. I longed for an enormous panda bear, bigger than me, with a big, soft belly and enveloping limbs the kind you could barely fit into a car to take home. Obviously, this toy with its rent payment price tag was out of the question. I knew that. I could even predict what my mother would say. Where on earth would you put that thing? On my bed with the others, I would have replied. I wanted to have enough stuffed toys to cover the bed's surface completely and then pile a few more on top. During the day, I could look at them, and at night, 
I could crowd them around me, making things nice and cozy and tight and safe. Sonny's birth was an excuse to troll the toy departments again. We gave him teddy bears and Easter bunnies and took him to places like FAO Schwartz. The plush, plush animals displays there, OMG. Sonny preferred exotic animals, such as the ones for sale at kids' museum or aquarium gift shops. Stuffed snakes, frogs, fishes, and beetles. Also, he went for TV toys, the abominable snowman from the Rudolph shows, Elmo from Sesame Street, various Teletubbies, Gary from SpongeBob, etc. None of them lived on his bed, and they got played with for a while and then were passed down to various cousins. The household member whose soft toy enthusiasms were closest to mind was definitely our golden retriever, Watson. Watson adored a series of stuffed ducks from the pet store. When presented with a duck, he'd shake all over, taking his time to sniff at the toy, and then very gently he'd take it into his mouth and carry it around the house. He'd use it as a pillow, as well as something to catch and fetch. And then at some point he'd rip a seam and pull out all the stuffing. For a while, I switched to a grown-up version of plush toys, the throw pillow. This was HGTV approved because pillows add color and texture to a space as well as comfort. HGTV convinced me that one couldn't have too many throw pillows, which turned out to be far from true. Having to shift six pillows in order to sit on the couch turned out to be annoying. Having no room for Dave to fold his laundry on the bed proved even worse. He started dumping my beautiful pillows on the floor and leaving them there. I put most of the pillows in various closets and forced myself to stop buying new ones. I'm still searching for comfort in all the wrong places. Without being forced away from the display, I might very well have bought a toy. That would have been bad. I already have two stuffed animals in my bedroom, both on the headboard. One is a little orange cat very fluff, floppy with big glass eyes. Sonny gave him to me for Christmas one year so that I could have a cat that was always there for me. I love our evil orange tabby, Capone, madly, a passion that's only intermittently requited. Now, my cat fits nicely on top of a pile of to-be-read books. The other animal is a purple hippo. I was able to rationalize the purchase neatly as I'd bought it in a store for grown-ups and it was practically a medical device since it's infused with lavender to help you sleep and is microwavable. The hippo's purpose is to help its owner just kind of chill. And two toys is plenty. Two is the last safe number in the one, two, many of my autism. A third toy might trigger the deluge. In two months, the bed would be covered. <laughs> Forget space for laundry. Neither Dave nor I would have room to sleep. It's probably better to look to the little green buds for comfort instead. Thanks so much for spending a bit of your day here. There will be no stuffed animals or candy for me this Easter. My stuffed animal count, in fact, is down to one because that hippo wasn't quite as resilient as I'd expected and Capone the cat did not like it. As for candy, 
I've given it up, at least for a while. This is partly because, bear with me here, on March 10, Johns Hopkins University stopped publishing daily COVID statistics updates. I didn't realize this, of course, until March 14. Um, I've been writing down these numbers daily since about May or June of 2020, and sometimes they'd glitch um, and stay the same or have weird back and forths, but I decided to take that as a sign and to consider what COVID coping mechanisms I should give up now that the pandemic was semi-officially over. So I decided to stop buying and eating candy. Not sweets in general, I'll still have cake or cookies, but candy and candy bars, which I'd been getting way too many times per week. A few days later, I had a real test of my resolve because I was playing a show, show where there was just a big trophy cup that was filled with mini candy bars that was available to us at all times and was refilled every night. But I survived and did not have a single candy. I'm finding it helpful to think of why I tend to just go always overboard with the little comforts and figure out some things that are better to substitute. Anyhow, there's a link uh, to my WordPress blog in the description box if you'd like to read the original or check out some of my other essays. I post one or two new ones per week. Also, if you're inclined to support this show, that would be much appreciated. Every little bit helps. There's a donations button on my homepage. Until next time, be well. <laughs>